everybody. Welcome to my show, Beyond Grit, with me, Robert Young. Uh, I appreciate you guys coming week after week. And um, if you enjoy the show, I'm going to throw out a little ask today. Um, Share it. Share it on social media. Um, Share it through the podcast. Share it any which way you know how to share it. Um, I'd like to get this thing to grow and I need your help. So that's what I'm asking for. I'm asking for your help uh, to get it going. Um, It's in its infancy. It's just the beginning. Um, We're moving and grooving. Got great guests. I hope you find it uh, entertaining and, and valuable and to hear stories from different people, different perspectives, different professions. Um, And that's what I was kind of going for. So um, today is a really cool um, guest that I had on. And it's not your typical, hey, I grew up, I went to college, I got a college, I got a job, uh, I was successful in the job, and I moved on. Um, There were a lot of things, you know, that uh, Clifton overcame. Um, Most of them were from his own doing, um, but he, he just kept on moving and really didn't have a specific goal in mind. He just knew that he had to work to make money, to put food on the table, um, to move forward. And his, you know, his timing on a lot of his things were, it really wasn't the best. And you, you'll hear about that um, in the interview. But one thing that I really like about um, people because, and I find that it's probably because I suck at it. And that is jumping and leaping in and going forward. I think the only thing that I've really jumped in, leaped in, went forward and really didn't prepare was, you know, the start of the podcast. And it so far has been really good. And I find um, I find it entertaining. And, I'm, and, you know, I can grow by the value and the stories that I hear from my guests. But, you know, he just jumped in. He saw, hey, I think there's an opportunity here. I've never done this before. Boom, jump in, built a successful business. Then he thought, well, you know what? I'm doing this. I see another opportunity. Boom, jump in and go. And did he have any background in the different things that he did? No, he didn't. Um, I think it was just the mindset that I'm going after it and I'm not going to fail but if I do, then it's a minor setback and I'll switch things up and keep on moving forward. But um, his story is super interesting and hopefully um, you guys find some value out of it. And that's the point of uh, sitting here and listening to me ramble on. But uh, hey, guys, I appreciate everything. And um, sit back, get yourself a cup of coffee, maybe a hot tea and enjoy the show. See ya. Hey Clifton, how are you? Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show today. Absolutely, Robert. Hey man, I greatly appreciate uh, you having me on today. I look forward uh, to this conversation. Yeah. So, what are you uh, what are you up to nowadays? 
Yeah, so uh, a lot has changed, uh, Robert. Uh, you know, this year especially, um, you know, I've had the pleasure of, of meeting some incredible people in my life uh, over the last uh, six to eight months. Um, and um, I've had the pleasure of actually coaching and training other contractors and home services companies, uh, you know, on things that they're struggling with. So, for example, whether it's operational issues or uh, sales process or mindset, right? Mm -hmm. um, all things that I once struggled with uh, that I learned over the years how to overcome and be successful, um, I'm now actually able to pour into other contractors, help them implement things and really watch them, you know, what I like to say is own a business and not own a job. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing now and, and certainly uh, passionate about that. What what triggered that, that you were like, you know what, I'm pretty good at, at this and people listen to me and, and my things work. I mean, what what made you have the epiphany like, I can do this? Was there a yeah. moment or did just a bunch of things lead up to that? Yeah. So, you know, Robert, um, I've always loved coaching in, in general. So, you know, um, when I got out of college, I coached some youth baseball. Um, I've had the pleasure of stepping in and coaching my own kids uh, in baseball and in soccer uh, and things like that. So I just, I love people, number one, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, and I love coaching in the sense that pouring into someone who may be struggling or who may not know something and then watching them blossom uh, is, is just something I think that has always been, you know, near and dear to my heart. But I guess what happened uh, in terms of a trigger event was I started a company from nothing. And so we demonstrated success. And as a result, people started taking notice. Okay. Right. Um, and so by virtue of that success, people started coming in and asking, hey, man, I see that you've been successful here. I'm struggling here. Would you have a conversation? Uh, and then through some networking events and things like that, through manufacturing partners, just making making friends with other business owners. And they would just pick my brain. Hey, man, are you struggling with this? And one day, sort of a trigger moment, a guy says to me, hey, man, you've helped me immensely. I could probably pay you for this. And I said, man, to get paid to do something that comes naturally that I love? Yeah. I'm in. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so that started happening. And how long have you been doing that? Yeah. So I've been doing that for about uh, six months. Um, and, uh, but, you know, talking to people forever, uh, yeah. but really getting intentional behind that and realizing that, you know what, the Lord has really blessed me, uh, with a skill set, uh, to motivate people and pour into them and, and just encourage them, lift them up so that they can, you know, face their fears, mm -hmm. uh, and, and be successful. So. You know, it, it's really cool. The more people that I talk to and the more entrepreneurs that I talk to, they have a wandering spirit and, and they're looking for the next opportunity. And there's so many people that when I was growing up um, in Michigan, there were so many people that 
started a job because we were in the auto industry was huge in the Detroit area. So you worked for the auto companies for 25, 30 years and you retired. Um, I was a fireman there. So as a fireman, you work for 25 years and you retire. And, you know, that was the hardest thing was knowing that, you know what, I can do something, I can be successful up to a point. And then I say, you know what, I'm ready to move on to something else and then switch gears and move on to something else. That just was not the way that I was raised. So talking to you guys and listening, and there's a lot of other people that find security and longevity in their jobs. And they're like, ah, I'm going to stay here. I got five more years or 10 more years. I'm just going to grind it out. So the way that you guys can, can see opportunity and move and shift on those opportunities, I think is great. And I think people really enjoy that. Well, you know, Robert, you, you mentioned something there, um, which, which really kind of hits home for me as well. You mentioned that kind of growing up, you know, everybody thought that you're going to work in one job, right? Um, you know, and so I grew up in, in small town America, Hartsville, South Carolina, super small, um, you know, about 15 minutes from Darlington, if you know anything about NASCAR uh -huh. and racing, but the same thing, Right. Um, you know, it was, Hey, you've got to go to college, uh, or you're, you're really not going to amount to anything. You're not going to be able to get a good job, uh, and things like that. Now your listeners can't, can't see this, but you know, I've got some Clemson stuff on my yeah. wall back here. Uh, so I, I did, uh, go to Clemson university, but I guess what I'm saying is my mother, gosh, I love her to death. She just retired from the same company that she started working for, I'm 44, so 40, like 44, 45 years ago, I think it was. Yeah. One place. And so, man, when I went to her retirement party, I, I got up and, and, and gave this speech to her, her, you know, colleagues. And I was, you know, welling up with tears. And I was just like, you know what, guys, this is unheard of. You had one person that poured into your organization, which was a Fortune 100 company, for over 40 years. Yeah. The reason why I say that is because I was never that person. Um, I, I, I usually zig while other people zag. <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 and maybe it's, you know, some people say, hey, you've got ADHD and, and this and that and the other. I kind of look at that as a superpower. I'm like, hey, I can just focus on multiple things and, and, and run multiple businesses uh, with success. So I'm glad that I'm glad that you pointed that out because it, it kind of reminded me of my mom. So, yeah, no, that that's great. And uh, so was she nervous for you when you were kind of moving around? Did she go like, well, you, you stay here. It's good. <laughs> Or was she like, go get it? No. So, so, you know, Robert, when I was in, when I was at Clemson, when I was in college, um, I had the pleasure and I had, it was really fortunate to, I did three internships with that same company that was headquartered in my hometown. Right. So of course, now you're probably thinking <clears throat> you're going to do this internships. World headquarters is in hometown. It's like a stepping stone right back to corporate, right? Yeah. And yeah. so when I did those internships, it was great. I got great experience and I graduated and they were like, okay, cool. What's the next step? Are you coming back? And I was like, nope. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I went down to Atlanta, but you know, um, 
there's been times where, unfortunately, I didn't tell my mom or my dad, you know, sometimes where I was going, what I was doing next. Now, they're not together, but uh, I've been divorced for a long time, but they've been a, you know, a very big part of my life. But I would have different conversations with each of them, right? And sometimes I was afraid, perhaps. The fear prevented me from telling them what my next move was doing. And I would just do the move, be successful, be like, hey, by the way, this is what I've been doing over here. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I can relate. You know, I, I left. I was supposed to, I moved down to Florida years back, right out of high school. My dad had a window cleaning company and we were going to go down there and we were going to work together. Ah, you know, it didn't work out. So I left and it was kind of like, I didn't really say anything of what I was doing because one, I didn't want to fail, but two, it was like, I'm just going to wait until, like you said, till I succeed. And then this is what I've been doing. And, and it's weird. And I try, I, I still do those things, even with my kids and growing up, you know, that I kind of come over the top and well, this is the path that you should take. And this is what you should be doing. And, and I catch myself. And at some point, you, you still have to parent. But then on the other side, you've got to let them kind of grow in what they want to do. And um, it's, it's interesting, you know, and this whole raising kids things is very, very interesting. It, but- it, it, it is, Robert. I, I've, uh, I'm blessed. Uh, my wife, Marianne, and I are blessed with three amazing kids. Um, you know, Chase is our older son. He's 11. Cody's our middle boy. He's nine. And Cameron's our daughter. She's seven. And yeah, you're right. Um, you know, I do also believe that raising kids today is probably a little bit different than when I was growing up, when you were growing up. I remember, you know, just going out and, you're, you know, my grandmother or somebody saying, hey, when, it, when the sun comes down, you need to be in the back door, right? Right. Um, and so, um, but you're exactly right. We talk to our kids daily about, you know, their free will and their ability to think and make decisions, um, but they're still kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's our job as parents to, to, you know, put them on the right path. We do let them fail uh, some so that we can teach the lesson, but it's, right. it's hard, man. Parenting is very difficult. Right. I, you know, I'm reading uh, David Grohl's book right now. And um, he was talking about stories when he was 13 years old and he would visit Chicago and he would take the train from the suburbs where he was staying into the city at 13 years old. Like I can't even imagine, you know, sending my kids off at 13. But like you said, it was a different, it was a different time and it was a different world. And not that it was any safer back then. It was just, you just didn't know, you know, and uh, it is, it is crazy um, raising the kids. So do you have siblings or are you? So, so it's a great question. Um, I do not. So I'm an only child. Uh, I, I joke now looking back, I joke and I say to my, my, my mom and dad, I'm like, man, no wonder you got divorced. I was the only kid. And then you stay right. You had to, you had to, you had to split because of me. Um, so I'm an only child. And, and I think that growing up, you know, I think that we, we always want what we don't have. Right. Yep. Um, so growing up, I always wanted siblings, but I knew that was 
not going to happen. And so I really developed close friendships that became like siblings, right? Now I'd have conversations with people that have siblings and they're like, man, you're lucky to be an only child. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So it kind of goes back to that. You always want what you, what you don't have. So, uh, so I'm an only child, which I think has, has served me, served me well in, in some areas. Uh, but I also believe that being an only child kind of forced me to really hone in on my ability to connect with and establish relationships with other people. And so for that, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely thankful. Yeah. So you went, you're the only child living in a small town and was, um, so college, I know you went to college. Was that always on the radar? Is that something that you wanted to do? Or did you think that was just the next step in my path? Yeah. So I think it was, I think it was kind of both, right? So, you know, you grow up uh, and again, this was kind of a farming town. My granddad owned a small business and I lived with, with them and my mom full time, Um, you know, and so hearing, Hey, you got to go to college. You got to go to college. So that started, you know, being ingrained in my mind, but then also too internally, Robert, I looked at it as though, okay, this is my opportunity to frankly, get the hell out of here. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, you know, because g- growing up, like my grandparents, they, they never went out of town. Right. So I, I wasn't having high school parties and I wasn't doing things like that. And, you know, we took one vacation a year and, and, and this is not poor me, this, because this, these experiences built me to the person I am today. Um, but I went to college thinking, gosh, this is, this is sort of an escape. Um, and, and, and so, I was looking forward to that. Okay. In college, I had some big problems. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, we all make mistakes, right? But when I was at Clemson, I mean, I got arrested four times. (laughs) Um, You know, I had uh, two minor in possession tickets, you know, so buying alcohol under the age of 21, uh, actually arrested by the same law enforcement officer. He was like, hey, man, I know you. Um, got arrested for disorderly conduct. Uh, and then, um, going into my senior year, I got arrested for, uh, aggravated assault. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, those are hard conversations to have with, you know, your mom, your grandmother, your grandfather saying, Hey, by the way, I'm facing 10 years for aggravated yeah. assault. Um, I need money for an attorney. Um, so, yeah, you know, so those were some of the things that, you know, occurred while I was in college. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I believe that the Lord really used those experiences because it could have been much worse, right? Mm -hmm. I could have gotten 10 years. Um, I pleaded with the, with the judge, um, and, you know, pleaded my case that I'm, I'm supposed to graduate college, you know, uh, I had a momentary lapse in judgment and, and he basically gave me a second chance. Go Amen. to, go, go to these meetings, do this, do your community service. This is your one chance. And you took it. And so I took it, uh, graduated, moved down to Atlanta. You know, um, I feel like I've every career move I've gone through has been like, 
some sort of uh, crisis, right? Okay. So in, in 2000, if you remember, that was when, you know, there was so much money on the street. IT was just cranking. Well, then what happened? It was the dot bomb. Yep. Right. So, you know, I graduated in 2000, moved down to, to Atlanta with some friends in 2000 and started working in IT. Uh, thought I had arrived. I was making like 40K a year. <clears throat> right. And um, that all blew up. And so then you go from, OK, recent graduate, you know, making decent money at the time, unemployed. Then I just fell in with the wrong people, man. Ah. You know, got got hooked up with the wrong people, started, you know, waiting tables and bartending and, you know, made poor decision after poor decision uh, and uh, decided I was going to drive intoxicated one night and uh, Roswell, Georgia Police Department decided that I shouldn't be doing that. They're going to stop you. They're going to stop me. So I got a DUI and, you know, so again, right. Yep. The, the Lord ha has many opportunities to say, listen, boy, I am trying to slow you down. Um, and I would always run away, run away, run away. And so anyway, so that happened um, uh, in 2001. Um, and uh, again, running with the wrong people, doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. Some of those people are frankly either dead or in jail now. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, um, had an opportunity to go work with a parking management company, uh, in Atlanta, one of the CFOs or the CFO at my previous company called me up and says, Hey man, if you come park cars, um, you know, I'll fast track you through management. And I'm thinking park cars, really, <laughs> but what do you do? You're broke. You're coming yeah. off of a DUI, right? Well, so that's that's a good lesson of what you just said. Okay. Like, what do you do? Some people would sit back and be like, I don't know. This is what I'm going to do. I guess this is my desk. Or you go out there and you park cars and you make money and you, you make that path to the next, right? Yeah. You didn't sit back. You didn't go, woe is me. I effed up. How how is somebody else going to get me out of this? Because there's nobody else to come and get you out of this. But correct. But go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just no, no, that was no, a... you're you're exactly right. You know, it's and and my dad will say this now. Um, he goes, you know, when he when he introduces me to his friends, he goes, you know what, this is my son. He goes, one of the proudest moments ever is obviously when he graduated from Clemson. But number two, he has never come to me and asked me for money. And that is something that, um, going back to this, I'm like, before I start asking for help, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make yep. it happen. Yep. Now, some of those decisions weren't the greatest ones. Some of the things that I sold weren't the greatest things. Um, but uh, I, I did make it happen. So I did go work in the parking company, the, the valet company. Um had an opportunity to go run some accounts and then was presented an opportunity to either, you know, I could move out of the area up to the DC market and start taking over some responsibility up there. And so I made a decision. I said, okay, if I stay here, I'm probably going to end up like 
one of these other people mm-hmm. um, dead in jail uh, for a long time, um, or I can get out of here. And so I moved up to DC uh, with the parking company. And guess what? There's a lot of freaking fun in parking cars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, because I, I, I used it as my mindset was, okay, I got a pedometer. I put it on my, uh, my belt, my uniform belt. And I'm like, I'm just going to just get paid to exercise out here. And so that's how I looked at it. Yeah. And, and that's how, you know, some of the, some of the guys that I was managing, you know, they were younger in college and things and they would start complaining. And I'm like, Hey man, think about this. You're getting paid good money to exercise. Right. Um, you know, so there's, there's, and we got to drive the best cars, you know, that were manufactured at that time, right? Yeah. So Bentleys and Lambos and, and Ferraris and, you know, hung out with, uh, you know, sports athletes and stars and things like that up in the DC area, as you can imagine, you know, the Redskins, uh, the Ravens, uh, some of those, some of those teams and those players yeah. in our account. So I know my son is probably one of the only 18 year olds that can drive a stick right now. And I told him, you should go and park cars because the cool cars are the one, the manuals. I said, and there's not a lot of people that can drive a manual. And uh, he didn't listen to me. He doesn't hey, listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> but now Robert, guess what? You can say, Hey son, I had a guest on my show yeah. who, who went and parked cars. And, I, and I'll tell you this up until starting a construction company uh, and doing some other sales, it was the most money that I had ever made. Uh, the money in the parking industry is, is, is really, really good. That funny. It's crazy hours. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it was, uh, it was, it was really good money. So maybe you could tell your, uh, your son, Hey, you can go drive the, the coolest cars and make some great money and make some good money and good tips. Yes. Did you, uh, find it, um, you know, a lot of people, when when they need to make a big life change, they just cut it. And what you did from moving to Atlanta up to D.C., do you feel like that was a pivotal moment in your life that kind of corrected your course? Actually, so um, it, it wasn't until probably five years later, which was the was the turning point. Okay. Um, so DC was, was, was a good, a good, uh, stepping stone because I was in more of a management role. So I was getting a lot of really good experiences there. Uh, a lot of interpersonal skills, uh, and management skills and things like that. But, you know, when I was younger, about that age, you know, I was chasing money, opportunity, women, just the wrong stuff. Now you were still, you were still hundred miles an hour. <laughs> I was man. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, the young lady that I was uh, dating at the time, you know, she said, hey, all you do is work, you know, I'm going to leave. And of course, I didn't believe that because I was just, you know, blind, right? Yeah. And I woke up one morning and yeah, there was a movie. She's gone. She's gone. (laughs) Um, And so, of course, what, what do you do then? You go to your boss and you're like, hey, I need to move to Orlando, Florida. And they're like, yeah, we don't have a job there. So I just left and moved down to Florida. And so, um, you know, moved down there, didn't know anybody, 
got down there, had been there for a really short period of time and realized that that relationship wasn't going to work out. Man. So, new city, no nobody. You're living with her and like three other roommates. You've now split up. They tell you, you got to go. So I'm thinking, oh, this is amazing, right? Um, So anyway, one of the one of the friends that I'd made down there, they said, hey, we're getting ready to move over to uh, like um, outside of uh, like Fort Myers or somewhere on the West Coast. We've got an apartment, an apartment over here. It's got nothing in it, pretty much abandoned, empty. You can go stay there if you want to. So I was over there on like a blow up mattress, you know, um, let the lights run out. So basically at the lowest point you could be. Yeah. Um, but then I went out one night with some friends of mine, I was working in the mortgage business I went out with some friends of mine, actually my business partner at the time. And, and we were in a little bar about the size of my home office here, which is not very big. And, um, in walks this lady and, uh, we started chatting and, uh, that was the pivotal moment. Okay. That lady, her name is Marianne. Um, who's now my wife. Okay. That I now look back was the pivotal moment. Uh, God brought her into that bar. She could have been anywhere else on the planet. Right. Um, But to walk into that place at that time um, was divine appointment. Is that amazing? It really, and I never even appreciated that until, you know, uh, probably a few years later. Okay. Uh, but that was the pivotal moment. Um, you know, we, we got together and, um, you know, she had spent most of her life in central Florida. Um, and, and of course I said, Hey, um, I've got an opportunity to go work for this mortgage bank up in Raleigh. Uh, let's go. She says, Another. To me, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she says to me, she says to me, I barely know you. Um, and you want to take me where and how far away from the beach is that? Huh. <laughs> and so anyway, so we, I, I worked on it, right? I, I negotiated a good deal. Um, and, and so we moved here, but of course what happened in 2007, timing, and, your timing is impeccable, right? <laughs> so we move here. I'm working for a mortgage bank, uh, July of that year. I think it was 2007. Uh, July of that year, my grandmother, whom I adored, who I grew up with, who, who raised me, uh, she passed away. Um, and a month later, the mortgage bank filed bankruptcy. So most important lady in my life had, had passed away. I'm now unemployed again. I've moved a girl whom I'm not married to, to a foreign city. And you're just like, good gosh, man, what is going on here? Yeah. So what do you do? What did you do? Right. So in our apartment community clubhouse, the business center, I said to Marianne that day, I said, what are the things that people hate to do? And she says, cook and clean. I said, bingo. I'm going to start a company. I'm going to start a cleaning company. I'm going to start a house cleaning business. Knew nothing about any of it. Um, But launched a house cleaning company from our apartment community put some ads on Craigslist, did some flyers, literally just archaic flyers. Um, and you know, very basic, got some business there, uh, and started turning those 
conversations, literally cleaning toilets. I've cleaned more toilets than most Navy midshipmen have. <laughs> but what happened, Robert, I think was interesting is that I would have conversations with these clients. I would get deeply personal with them and I would find out what they didn't like. And a lot of them was, was cooking, right? So I said, cool. You know, I, uh, I grew up, my grandmother taught me how to cook. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, we can cater that. We can take care of that. We can take care of that. I, I'm always the person that says, I will find a way to make it happen. Yeah. And so my wife, girlfriend at the time, we have catered 100 person vegan Christmas parties in other people's homes where I had a chef coat on and my brother-in-law, Ronnie, is passing around hors d'oeuvres and we're doing coat check, like just going through it like we knew exactly what we were doing. Man, see, that's what I find amazing because my mindset is I plan the shit out of stuff and then I dip my toe into it. But then there's people like you that are like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll start this business. Never did it. Oh, oh I'm going to start a cooking and catering. Yeah, I can do that. And you do it, you know, you just do it. And, you know, you just made it happen. And I, and I like that. And I, I look at, you know, people with that mindset and that attitude and, and those are, you know, real entrepreneurs and people that just make stuff happen. I, you know, I love it. Yeah. Thank you. You know, my, my wife is a planner. Yeah. She plans everything. And I'm a, you know, I'm more of a, let's just, we'll, we'll, we'll do, we'll, we'll assess the collateral damage uh, after, after, yeah. the, after the fact, but you know um, it's, it's all of these experiences like lead to somewhere. I'm a firm believer, Robert, that life happens for me, not to me. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And all of these things, all of the arrest, all of the flip-flopping and all of this, it happened for me. Um, And and so, and I'm grateful for that. Now, while I was in the middle of those struggles, I'm like, goodness gracious. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I'll kind of just continue that journey just a bit. Um, so was was in the cleaning company, owning that business, uh, went to a AT&T Yellow Pages meeting uh, with a guy to sell me an ad and turn that into a job interview and said, hey, man, if you need a rock star sales rep on your team to sell advertising in Yellow Pages, I'm your guy. Um, and so they gave me they gave me an opportunity to interview. And, and so I started selling advertising for AT&T. Now, wrap your mind around this, Robert. We just talked about 20, 30 minutes ago about old school way of thinking, one job mm-hmm. for your career. And now here I'm talking to you about, I've had about seven. Yep. Right? And, and so um, I did that, won multiple uh, awards, sales awards in that company, President's Club Awards. And in 2010, is another kind of turning moment. Um, my first son was born, Chase, who's 11. And I went to my boss and I said, Hey, I want to take unpaid paternity leave. All right. He said, sure. So during that time, I think it was like a eight or 10 week period. I grew that cleaning business to about 350 
$375,000. Okay. That's a lot of toilets, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, around that same time, uh, one of my childhood friends who was living in the area came to me and says, hey, man, we should start a construction company. Um, I'm thinking, oh, okay, there's something new, right? Um, and, and so had conversations with him. After the paternity leave, I went back to my boss and I said, hey, man, I think I'm done, right? Um, and obviously, he kind of knew that was coming. And so I'm going from making, you know, $100,000 a year, which again, I thought was you had arrived. And that's a lot of money. I don't want right. to make, I don't want to, you know, uh, sit here and, and, and suggest that $100,000 is not a lot of money because it is. $40,000 is a lot of money. Right. But I've realized there's so much more. Um, and, and so anyway, um, I came home, I sat down with my buddy. And uh, with another friend of ours, I put together a, a business plan. Your listeners, you know, can't see this, but it was a business plan on like, you know, one of these post-it notes Yep. and said, okay, cool guys. Uh, I need 1500 from you, 1500 from you. And I'll put in 1500. We'll start this construction company, right? 4,500 bucks. Think about that for a minute. And so my one buddy was, his name's Scott. Scott looks at us and goes, yeah, man, you guys are absolutely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not going to happen. So I said, okay, cool. Uh, Wes, I need 1750 from you now. <laughs> and uh, so he said, okay, cool. So I came home. Here I am. Just left a six-figure job. Our only, our only income is uh, uh, a cleaning company. My wife has just given birth to our son. We just moved into a starter home that we had just built, right? And I come home and I say to her, hey, sweetheart, I'm going to go start a construction company. And she's like, are you high? Are you drunk? Like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, no, let's, you know, just trust me. You know, let's pray about it. Let's, let's really, let's, I want you to be involved here. And she goes, cool, I can do that. But, but first, what do you, what do you know about construction? Right. I was like, it's a great question. I know nothing about it. Um, she goes, okay, well, you're not really exuding much confidence here. Um, so what's the plan? Remember, she's a planner. Plan. Yes. And I said, well, cool. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to just go install siding and install windows and install roofing and do all this stuff. And, and she's just like, oh my gosh. Um, but she got on board. That's one of the things that she has always done is no matter how crazy an idea that I've had seems to the outside world, she's always looked at me and said, you know what? I believe in you. Yeah. That's a partner. It is. It is. It is. So in that business, Robert, I think it's funny. So in 2010, we started that company, uh, Carolina Exteriors. In August of that year, we did one job from (laughs) August to December. One. Having that conversation with your wife with a newborn was difficult. Yeah. But we'll fast forward three years. Really being intentional about relationship building and really loving on your customers and loving on your people. We grew that to about, I think it was $958,000 by year three. Actually, so by 2013, which is about two and a half years, really. Mm-hmm. Um, 2014, $1.9 million. Um, and over the last five plus years now, uh, multi-seven figures. So, okay. You know, so... Do you feel like you learned 
your management style and your way of building the past 11 years? Is that when everything was like, we're doing something here and we're doing something right? Yeah. And the so numbers was, show that you're doing something right. Yeah. So it was a combination of those 11 years, but it was also the little pieces of things, the little things that I took from all of those other seven, eight jobs. Yeah. Which is when people say, gosh, you bounced around a lot. I said, yeah, but you know what? I gleaned a lot from a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and so, man, that's, that has been that that's this last 11 years, I believe now, um, because I got, I got pretty strong in my faith when my kids were born. Um, I realized that something happens when, when you have children and you can probably attest to this, but something mentally for me happens. And that's, you know what? I am living for something in someone else. Mm -hmm. The decisions that I make now affect others that don't actually have the capacity to think for themselves with a lot of reason. And so that has helped me tremendously. So now I look back and I'm like, you know what? The Lord really allowed me to get arrested all those times, have all those failures, have all that bouncing around. Um, he allowed me, allowed that to happen to me for me. So that now that I can pour in and give back to so many other people. And so for that, man, I am just, I am, I'm a blessed, blessed man. I'm humbled. I'm grateful. Yeah. You ever, did you ever look back and say, how the hell did I do this? When I had no idea about construction, no, I, you know, what, what spurred the construction? What spurred that? Yeah. I think it in was you. Did you yeah. just drive by a neighborhood and go, I can, I can figure that out. I mean, I think, yeah. So, so it's a great question. I, and I believe that it's, it's, it's a, you know, I haven't been in a job interview in a long time mm -hmm. um, cause I've worked for myself for, for, you know, going on 13 years now. Um, but one of the last job interviews I had, and, and when people ask me questions about what do you think one of your, your biggest strengths is? And I was like, figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, if I don't know how to do it, I will go figure it out and find out or find a way to do it. Um, and so in the construction space, so it was very interesting though. So think about this now. So this is going into like 2010. What happened in 2007, eight, nine, and 10? Yeah. It's like I'm starting businesses and, and doing career moves <laughs> in the middle of crisis, right? Right. So, you know, uh, the housing market collapses. Um, but here was the thing. With intention, we thought the mortgage market is shrinking. People aren't now afforded the opportunity to move out or move up. They're forced to stay in their homes, which means they got to take care of them. Yep. And so that was really what we were banking on. And it paid off. Um, it, it really paid off. But I mean, I've knocked doors. I've hung door hangers. Um, so we've done some grassroots stuff, uh, but all I needed was just one. I just needed one because I knew if I got one, I could love on those people. I could show them what a great, you know, an exceptional customer experience was that they would feel comfortable referring us, referring us, referring us. And so we've grown it, man, to like an over 60% repeat referral business. 
Wow. That's awesome. And you're in real estate, right? Yep. Yeah. So you know all about the power of referrals. That is key. You know, and I, I did, I, I tried to go out there and I've knocked doors. I've called, I've done different things, which kind of leads you up to wanting to attract. And I'm more on the attract. I like to try to attract that business and attract the referrals. And I try to be the best person that I can be throughout those transactions to my customers also. And I've, you, you kind of watch that success in a lot of people, um, in a lot of industries, it's turn and burn. Boom. I've got you burn off to the next one, off to the next one. And I, and I thought in the very beginning, I said, I don't want to be like that. I want to make it an experience to where it's a little more of a boutique style to where I can take care of you. And when you call me, I can take care of that. And it's building those relationships and building the real and, and people, a lot of people put money in front and they're like, I've got this dollar and this is what I'm chasing after mm -hmm. you put the relationships and you put your hard work in front, all that stuff will follow, right? It's so easy and people don't understand it. But if you take care of your people, you do what you say you're going to do. You show up, especially in your industry. You do what you say you're going to do and you show up on time and you golden yeah. hey. because there aren't a lot of people like that. Which is, which is, you know, I believe it's just common, but you're, I'll back up for just a minute, Robert. You're exactly right. There's two types of selling, I believe, right? There's transactional and relationship-based selling. Mm -hmm. I'm not good at transactions because right. it doesn't allow me the opportunity to develop a relationship. And maybe that goes back to the fact that I'm an only child. And so I, I yearn to build those relationships and, and, and really connect with people on a deeper level than just, Hey, I'd love $50,000 from you to reside your house and put a door in. Right. Right. You know, that's just not, that's just not um, how I, I operate. Um, but I also realized that I can drive lead costs down by delivering that exceptional customer experience, by increasing the referrals, which referrals buy at a higher rate. So in other words, they close at a higher rate. You know all of this, right? But if you focus, you get hyper-focused on client experience, more referrals, higher closing rate, they buy at a higher ticket price. So you got more profit at a lower lead cost. And you've got pretty much instant trust. Yes, that's what I that's what I like about it. And I try not to do anything to jeopardize that trust, because when they come to to search you out because, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Jones sent them to you, it's it's pretty much on now. You're you're you've got a couple people that you don't want to disappoint. You're not going to disappoint Mr. and Mrs. Jones because they referred them to you and you're not going to, you know, um, disappoint that client that came Absolutely. to you. And, and that's what I really like. And those are the people that I like to work with. Yeah. And, and, I'll, and so I'll, I'll kind of piggyback on that. You mentioned a second ago about attraction. Mm -hmm. 
I also firmly believe that, you know, we, we had a, a call a couple of weeks ago um, and we were talking about approaching life with intentionality and intentional gratitude, right? And, and so that's a huge part of, of me now. Um, and, uh, and it's all related to, you know, your comment earlier about people chasing the dollar, the dollar being up front. Mm -hmm. I used to be like that. I used to be that guy. Guess what? I was more miserable then. Like, I mean, 10 X more miserable. Yep. Now I approach every conversation with intentional gratitude and I'm not worried about the money. Guess what happens? It just comes. I make more of it. I'm telling Um, you, it just comes. But it's a hard, that's a hard concept for, for most people until they actually trust that it will work and then see it happen for themselves. And so one of the things, uh, you know, again, your listeners can't see this, but um, so I'm big on core values, um, you know, and it kind of goes back to that attraction, Mm -hmm. you know, so my core values are, are give, give more than I receive respect is given always we execute right Uh, attention to detail and trust Mm -hmm. everything is done with integrity and if you think about that those all line up g-r-e-a-t because i'm on a mission to be great there you go there you go and another you know thing that people need to know too is your success is an overnight yeah my, my my overnight success was 13 years yeah yep and you eat a lot of shit coming up in those 13 years and throughout the years before that coming up and learning and, and facing those struggles and facing those challenges that you pretty much made by yourself, right? To yourself yes. and, and going through and getting knocked on the head, knocked on the head, knocked on the head. You just kept moving forward, moving forward until that moment and you were like okay i got it i feel it you met your your partner your soulmate and off you went and um but you never sat back and the woe was me and i appreciate that and you know you don't you don't see a lot of that you know know, i just I, i didn't want to let failure define me or be the end point. Yep. I let each one of those failures actually be the end of that failure, but the start of something else better. Yeah. Well, you can't be scared of failure when you sit back and go, I'm going to start a cleaning company. I'm going to cook, cater, never done that before. And now I'm going to quit and I'm going to start a construction company. Mindset. Yes. 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 And again, going back to, um, you know, asking the, the Lord for opportunity and to put people in front of you, <clears throat> man, it happens. You yeah. know, one of your dear friends and, and who's become a, a, a great friend of mine now, a mentor, a coach, Mike Claudio, um, you know, he was recently on your show. Um, you know, I just happened to tap into a a virtual lead conference in 2020. He was the keynote speaker. And I was like, man, something about that guy kind of, I kind of resonate with. Um, and I started following him and, um, you know, um, Mike's a hard person to get in touch with. 
time is valuable, but I continued. I stayed consistent in, in trying to follow up with him and, and get in front of him. And just one day he gave me an opportunity to have a conversation. Again, divine appointment. Mm-hmm. But when you ask for opportunity, you better be ready to pounce on it. Right. Because that window could be very small. Right. And so I did that and it leads me to, to where we're at now. And so Mike gave me the opportunity to come into his organization as well. Uh, I've joined you know, his team at WinRate. Uh, as an associate coach, man, and we're, we're impacting lives all across uh, the country. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. It's, you know, what are your, so what are your next steps here? So now you, you've got your company going and now you're doing the coaching. Do you still have the cleaning company or do you dissolve that or sell it? Yeah. So we, um, so we decided that, um, it was a business that we could really have grown, but it was going to require a lot of time and attention. And so we just actually recently closed that down about three months ago. Okay. <clears throat> but we, 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 it was a good run. It was a really good run. Um, you know, it's an interesting question because what's next, right? So I'll kind of back up for just a second. Uh, in, in 2020, uh, as I've, we've talked for, you know, going on about 45, 50 minutes now, you can probably understand that I've always wanted more. Um, I'm looking at and for opportunities and asking for them. And so in 2020, <clears throat> I, I really, you know, had been at the top. It's lonely at the top, man. You, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you don't really have anybody to talk to and being an entrepreneur is lonely as hell. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, but I knew that uh, after following Mike and I kept hearing Mike and, 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 and seeing what he was doing, I mean, he was really leveling up and fast. And I was like, dang, man, I kept hearing about, you know, Apex and this and that. And I was like, man, I got to dive into this stuff. And following that content and, and, and getting more involved and, and around those people, I was like, man, I really, it's time for me to really level up. I need to take this business to the next level. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes when visions don't align, right, you have to make decisions. Yep. Oftentimes in business and in life, you have to make difficult decisions. But I'm happy. Um, I am actually getting ready to exit my construction company as an owner. Okay. And, um, you know, um, I am going full-time coaching, development, sales training, um, you know, and so that's, Man, that the sky's the limit on that. And man, I am super excited. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Off to the next step. It's off to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is the next thing that, um, again, I believe that, that God has put the pieces in place, the people in place for me to now use all of those failures, all of that experience to now really impact a ton of people. Yeah. And just do the work. And just do the work. Do the work. It's amazing what happens when you do the work. It is amazing. Unfortunately, most people don't want to do the work. (laughs) No, I know. (laughs) So what's your, what's your passions? What do you like to do outside of just working? Yeah, man. So, 
Uh, I, I love playing sports uh, with my kids. Um, I read, right? Yeah. It's amazing. Um, when, when I was younger, I absolutely hated to read. In fact, my mom and my grandmother would read the books for me, do the books reports for me so that I could get the little personal pan pizza coupons at pizza. <laughs> um, but, but as I've gone through this real intense investment into myself and mm-hmm. development, Man, I've read probably 20-something books uh, this year alone. So I love to read. I start each day with gratitude. I start each day with reading, you know, 15 to 20 pages in a, in a book. Um, so I do love to read. Um, I love to exercise. Uh, fitness is a big part uh, of my life. And that was as a result of some setbacks and things like that. Um, I love Clemson sports. Yeah. And I absolutely love and have a passion for boating and on the water. Right. Okay. There's no bad days on the water. So how do you, how do you do all of this and raise three kids and have a wife, you know, because Mm -hmm. there's a, when, when there's a lot of investment into what you're doing and how you're growing, you, there's things that you have to give up. Yeah. Right. So how do you, how do you balance that? And how do you let people know that, yes, you can do this. You can still raise a family and you can still have fun. Yeah. It's called sacrifice. Yep. Really. And and what sacrifice looks like to me is get up before the sun does. Right. So get up every day at five 30. I get more done before my kids get up and I can cook breakfast for them. I can take them to school. Right. I time block. Mm-hmm. I block every single thing. In fact, like, you know, uh, here in about four minutes, I'm going to get a text message alert that says text Marianne. So even things down to that, to send her a note and just say, Hey baby, I'm proud of you. I love you. Okay. Um, so I time block every single thing uh, in my day. And then I usually shut it down, you know, about six o'clock at night, five thirty, six o'clock at night. Um, I play with my kids, me and my wife cook dinners. Uh, we have dinner together as a family every night. Um, they go to bed. I spend some time with my wife. I may come back to the laptop. I may go to bed, but I've figured out a schedule that works for me that allows me to focus on the things that are important, uh, which are my faith, my family. And then of course, you know, uh, fitness and then my business. You're right. No, that's amazing. Because some people let it steamroll them and then all of a sudden they're, they're out of whack. And every minute that goes by in our life is a lost minute. And if you don't capitalize on that and you don't do the things that are important, and sometimes when you're going through life, you don't recognize the importance of, you know, your wife or your kids or, or different things. And, and, I, and I'm a broken record and I'm an old man. And then, you know, time flies and I've got an 18 and a 21 year old. And if you would have told me back, you know, when they were seven, nine, 11, that time flies, I'd be like, it's going pretty slow right now, (laughs) but it, you know, and it, it goes by in the blink of an eye. And, um, and that's, that's great that, you know, prepare yourself, prepare your day, shut it down, you know and take because the money's good but your people you know 
it doesn't matter. They're not with you. Yeah. So that's the Bible says you come into the world naked, you're going to leave naked. Yep. So I would much rather work on building a legacy than building a bank account. Yep. Awesome. And awesome. so that's what, that's what I, <clears throat> that's what I'm focused on. Um, I want my kids to be able to look back and, and be like, man, uh, my dad was awesome. Yeah. I learned a lot from that guy. Yeah. So and if I, and if, if I can do that at some point, uh, and I know that's going to happen, I'm successful. Nice. Yeah. Well, you know what? I appreciate you sitting down with me today. And, uh, I know that my time block is coming to an end and, uh, I wish you all the success, man. Thanks Robert. Hey man, it's been a true pleasure. Uh, God bless you. And as always, go be great. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of beyond grit with your host, me, Robert Young. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell somebody about it. You can find this podcast on all major podcast platforms. And be sure to tune in every Wednesday for another exciting success story of somebody going beyond grit. Until then, take care.